This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network. Voices and opinions from this podcast do not represent the teams, the players, or organizations, or our very special guests work for. OIW Podcast Network broadly brings to you the mascot support group podcast. Energized by Ultra Energy on Twitch. Ladies and gentlemen, Mascot Nation, welcome back to the furriest and the fuzziest show on the web. This is the Mascot Support Group Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jan B, from the great state of Texas. And just like my belt, everything is bigger in Texas. And of course, joining alongside me are my co-hosts always. The mascot dude, Charlie Bruno, Irvin, Matt, Crystal, and Lucas are all here tonight. And our very special guest tonight. You know a Georgia peach, but nothing is sweeter than this guest right here. Coming to us from Hotlanta, ladies and gentlemen, the very talented Mr. Jeff Childers. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And before we jump into tonight's interview, we have a few house rules to take care of. And tonight we're going to start off with Meet the Mascot. It is coming from our very own Mr. Matt Bingle. So take it away. All right. All righty. First off, how you doing, folks? Uh, good to see you here this evening. Um, or whenever you're watching this. Cheers, really. Um, our mascot tonight is Bill the Goat of the Navy, the United States Naval Academy. It's a live goat represented by a costumed midshipman, first introduced in 1893. There's also a bronze statue of the goat in the northern end zone of the Navy Marines Corp Memorial Stadium. The statue also plays part in the Army-Navy Week traditions. Now there's also a costumed variant, yes. Um, it was uh, their costume uniform is the number 71, and there's a special reason behind that. The costumed mascot of Bill the Goat was sponsored by the class of 1971, hence the, hence the number 71. Yep. Now, we could we could go into all the... Um, there, no. Yeah. Bill has been the, the live Bill the Goat, Yes has been kidnapped a bunch of times. We're not going to go through that because it's a lot and we don't have the time for it. Nope, you just look it up. Yeah, you just look it up. But the early years, uh, in 1893, a live goat named El Cid made his debut as a mascot at the 4th Army Navy game. El Cid was a gift to the brigade of midshipmen from officers of the USS New York. With the GOAT, the Navy gained a 6-3 to three win over the Army that year. So, he was adopted as part of the team. In the early 1900s, the beloved mascot was finally given a name. On the return trip to the Naval Academy, after the midship triumphed over West Point, the GOAT was led on a victory lap through the train and did not leave the midshipmen until they reached Baltimore. How convenient for us, right? <laughs> it was it was it was said that the goat was given the name Bill, which was kept which is the name of a pet goat kept by Commander Colby M. Chester, 
commanded commandment of midshipmen between 1891 and 1894. This tradition continued during World War II. And that is your Meet the Mascot, Bill the Goat of the Navy. Congratulations to Bill the Goat of Navy Academy. Go Navy, beat Army. But I'm going to transition over to something that did not make Baltimore happy this week. Uh, taking place in Jacksonville. Crystal, why don't you tell us a little bit about it as the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Baltimore Ravens. All righty, what's up, everybody? Today I'm coming to you from the great state of Tennessee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Wildersville, Tennessee is my current location. As you know, oh. I'm always uh, moving around. So anyway, uh, I'm going to share my screen here. Let me see. I'm on my laptop, so it's a little different setup. Share. Y'all see that? Yep. All right. So NASCAR news this week is our favorite Jacksonville. Um, I was actually, fun fact, I was born in Jacksonville, Florida. So um, Jacksonville had a little, a little media scuffle this week um, as he went onto the field in a different fur than we are used to seeing. So was this a costume malfunction or was this a planned distraction? I leave that for you oh to decide, God, but let's look God. at a few of the pictures from the game. So uh, he came out in the, in the beginning of the game in his normal fur situation and jersey and then decided to grace us with this lovely Speedo, which he has worn before. Um, it caused quite a kerfuffle to the fans and to the media. Um, these images are all coming to you from Yahoo Sports. Thank you, Yahoo Sports. Um, there's a nice fan picture there. So we've seen him uh, in this Speedo situation before. Jacksonville is known for streaking. I believe he used this American uh, flag Speedo around 4th of July. Um, I would not streak in this part of the year if it was me, but to each their own. Um, kudos to the performer for having a pretty fit body. So whoever you are, you keep working it at the gym, my gentlemen. Um, I mean, you know, there's probably some abs under there, who knows? But, uh, you know, a little, a little impromptu uh, costume there. And he stood by the end zone anytime that they were there to kick a field goal and do whatever. And, you know, I'm sure it was pretty distracting. Um, I just, jo Joseph, do you know who won that game? Yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars ended up winning that game over the Baltimore Ravens off of a, um, a touchdown and two-point conversion from Trevor Lawrence. And then Baltimore got the ball back, and uh, they tried to kick a Justin Tucker field goal, and it was missed, resulting in Jacksonville winning the game. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Maybe the Speedo did distract the Ravens. Maybe it didn't. But whatever it did, it helped them win that game, I'm sure. So we may see the Speedo make another appearance uh, in another season or later this season. But that's our mascot news for this week. Jacksonville um, coming out onto the field in a Speedo, unplanned, impromptu. Keep hitting that uh jump. Um, I don't know about you, 
I was distracted by Trevor Lawrence's beautiful flowing hair. Look at his hair, bro. <laughs> Look at his hair. Um, and uh, Jacksonville's body, man, he looks in shape. He he looks a lot better than Lamar Jackson's contract. Oh wait, I'm I'm not even mad about that. You are 100 percent right on that. Yeah, I, I will I will say I will oh, say. I will say the uh, first off, Joseph, I'm not even mad about that. You are absolutely right on that. I will say uh, there was a uh, bit of a delay uh, for, for that particular game on Sunday, and that is because of a downpour in Jacksonville. Oh, it was downpouring out there in Jacksonville. Uh, the original scheduled game time was 1 o'clock, but due to the downpour, it moved to 125. Uh and I believe, Crystal, you also told us that um, he was originally in his original outfit, but I, but I assume uh, from what I believe you told us, it got soaked. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe the, I believe the fur had to go into the dryer for a little while. Um, everybody always wants to keep the performers safe, and uh, performing in wet fur is, is never fun. It slows you down and you can get really sick, especially if you're outside or in like a hockey rink, like some of our performers are. So I'm sure that they made the decision to remedy that. Um, and that was that was what he chose to come out in. So lots of fun there with Jackson DeVille. I did wanna ask uh, Jeff, our special guest, if you've ever had any crazy costume moments or if you had a favorite crazy costume that wasn't your traditional jersey or uniform um if you could tell us maybe some stories about crazy costume moments or costume malfunctions ah okay um <laughs> sure uh, there's lots that go through my brain i don't know which ones are appropriate or not um that's kind of how i got my start in the nfl um long story short but we'll skip to that um i would dress up as the usher um, and do the dancing usher bit and Freddie would, you know, I would steal his ATV or he would prank me. Um, I don't know how many times that Freddie got me into a speedo <laughs> to run across the field as a streaker. Um, one of the favorites was, um, was I was dressed as a saints fan. It was near Christmas and we were, it was a skit to where, uh, Freddie was giving away a check to the Nichols foundation. So he's giving a nickel for every high five and it was the big golf check and I was dressed as a Saints fan um, and all kinds of Saints garb and ran across between the camera and the check to be a distraction and went straight to the 50 yard line. Um, no one at the Falcons knew that we were doing it other than the head of security and like two or three people. So total surprise to everyone um, running out there. And of course, haven't we all wanted to streak the field? <laughs> so that's what I was doing. <laughs> I, I got out to about the 40, 50 yard line and then looped back um, as then Freddie and a couple of our um, security guards um, gave me a big tackle. Um, I was laughing the whole time. It was hilarious. And of course, you know, the shorts came down a little bit, showed a little copper bit, uh, copper tone tan, uh, but we were quick to get that. Um, but it was fun to be able to streak as a fan and, and get tackled. Um, it made Fox Sports, it made ESPN, and then they realized it was a skit and it slowly kind of got scrubbed off of all their web pages. But uh, that, that was a fun one, um, especially in the beginning when we were just trying to figure out what we were doing with skits and uh, when we would get permission to do one. Um, that was pretty fun. 
Another cool outfit was uh, when I worked with the Atlanta Braves. Um, we did a lot of military, um, a lot of military love, Veterans Day type stuff. Um, I guess that was either, but a lot of stuff for the military. And I went to a, um, what do you call it? The Army Navy surplus store, military surplus store. And I went and spoke to a couple soldiers and said, hey, is this disrespectful? Um, or, you know, is this frowned upon? And they're like, oh, no, we would love it. So I bought the whole fatigues um, up and down. And, you know, Homer's costume was pretty much just the baseball head, the big shoes and, and baseball gloves. Um, so I was very easy just to get uh, military fatigues and would wear those on military games and military bases. And it was well loved amongst all of our um, service members and veterans. And the organization really uh, appreciated me doing that, too. So those are two of my, I guess, fun costume stories. I bet. Dressing up as a Saints fan was pretty fun, you know, running across the field as a Saints fan, of course, until you got called for pass interference hey. um, on a 15-yard penalty. And, you know, Jacksonville Speedo is more effective defense than the Ravens have played all season long. And it, the only defense that they played is in the front office denying Lamar Jackson money. That's real defense. I mean, Ed, Ed Reed, step aside. No, not that. Everybody gets some here. So, also, also with the wet, also with the wet fur. That's why I don't go swimming. No, nope. I didn't. Oh, nope. <laughs> I, and, I'm, and, and I'm okay with it, honestly. Wet fur does not work well on me. You have to nope. do what you have to do when you've getting um, a cupcake on your costume or uh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So I, I like the uh, I like the spin on what he did. Yeah. Well, yeah, like- uh, while Jacksonville was was streaking. The fans were voting because we're about to talk about the mascot of the month. And we're going, and before we get to December, we of course are approaching our end of the year awards. Um, and the field of 16 has been decided. And I will run through them quickly for you now. The Not Joseph. From, yeah, what? First, why don't we say who, who's going to be December's I'll, mascot I'll, of the month first? I'll get to December when we when I get through them all. I'll get to December. January, their representative was Scrappy from the Mohoning Valley Scrappers, a minor league baseball team in Ohio. February's representative was Buddy the Puffin of the Newfoundland Growlers, our long-remembered friend, Chris Abbott. Rest in peace. Um, March's representative was Kick the Kangaroo of the Dallas Sidekicks of the MASL. Uh, April's mascot was Bucky of the Nunamino Buccaneers. I hope I said that correctly, but it's a junior league hockey team out in Canada. Uh, one of our good friends of the podcast. Uh, for the month of May, you had Dinger of the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> uh, for the month of June, you had Boomer of the Springfield Thunderbirds of the AHL. You had... For the month of July, you had Swish of the Lakeland Magic. And, of course, following up in August, you had Stuff of the Orlando Magic, his older brother. Um, In the month of October, you had Swampy of the uh, Florida Everblades, the reigning Kelly Cup champions, and, of course, the reigning ECHL mascot of the year, Swampy. For November, you had... Two, is, that, is that two mascots? 
Wait, so Swampy November? was Swampy was October, right? Yeah. And then following up, it was Bernie of the Colorado Avalanche and Bowie of the Seattle Kraken. Yes. Um, Wooly Bull of the Durham Bulls, Tempo of Nashville FC. And now we will get to our three winners for Mascot of the Month for December. First up, the first winner was Ollie the Otter, who is an independent mascot, of course, uh, the Mascot Miracles Foundation. Uh, so big congratulations to Ollie the Otter. The second representative, who is the winner of our poll, it is Big Al of the University of Alabama. Yes, you can see Lucas Roll right tie, there. baby. Roll Tide. He was rolling right into December. Uh, Big Al, the elephant, is our winner for the December poll. And then finally, your 16th and final mascot in the poll is none other than my beloved friend and a team that I am a really big fan of, Tex Hooper of FC Dallas. What a year he's had. Well, can I just say this right now? Last weekend, Alabama definitely needed the win for the Iron Bowl. Heavily deserved. Absolutely. Now, let's go to the matchups that we will have for round number one. Match number one will be Bucky of the Nanamino Buccaneers. He is ranked number seven in our seeds. And these were chosen randomly. I just want to make that clear. These matchups and the seeding were both chosen at random. Bucky is seated at number seven, and he will take on the number four seed, Big Al of Alabama. Match has, number two I vote is number four. I urge you to vote for Big Al for round one. I bet you will. <laughs> Match number two, number 14, Ollie you. the Otter. Versus number 11, Wooly Bull. Of course, Wooly Bull coming off as a champion this season. So we'll see how Ollie the – and, of course, Ollie the Otter had a huge fan presence in the poll for independent mascots this year in the Mascot Awards. Um, match number three. And, again, these are all chosen at random. Just want to make that clear. Number one seeded Tex Hooper of FC Dallas will go one-on-one with his younger brother, uh, number five ranked kick the kangaroo. Two Dallas Wait. mascots, both soccer and also, going at it. And, and and I will add this right now that this matter is special because whatever happens, you win. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so someone from so the fans in Dallas will win no matter what. That's right. We uh, the Dallas. Dallas is a great city. Um, number number four. <laughs> Number three, Bowie is going to take on the number 12 seeded Boomer. And then match number five, number 16 seeded Swampy versus number 10 seeded Tempo. This will be an exciting matchup. I'm very excited to see who comes out on top in this one because both Swampy and Tempo have been on the top of their games this year. Number six, the number eight seeded Dinger. We'll take on the number two seeded stuff of the Orlando Magic. Match number seven, the number 15 seeded Bernie will take on the number 13 seeded Scrappy of the Mahoney Valley Scrappers. And finally, match number eight, 
Buddy the Puffin, ranked at number six, will take on the number nine ranked Swish of the Lakeland Magic. Good luck to everyone in the Mascot of the Year bracket, and congratulations to all of our Mascot of the Month winners for 2022. And there will be other categories that we will announce, including Rookie of the Year, which is a new category this year. So congratulations to everyone who won Mascot of the Month. Yes, and... Like we said, it was completely random. We did a random generator. It just happened that way. So, and, and like, it's, like Joseph said, there's going to be a lot of fun categories, best skits. Um, there's going to be high school level, college level, pro level, like last year. So um, there's going to be lots of fun categories for the end of the year awards. It's going to be starting in a few weeks. So look out, look, keep your eyes open on our Instagram page at Mask of Support Group on the stories because the polls are only going to be up for 24 hours. So, so, so think of it as the surrogate Mascot Hall of Fame awards. Yeah, boy, I'm excited for rookie of the year this year. I mean, you got so many great contenders. You got Davey from the Savannah Ghost Pirates. You got the Coachella Firebirds Fuego. You got Bowie, the Seattle Kraken. There's a lot of contenders in that category this year. So I'm excited to see what young mascot is going to give him the nod this year. Yep. And with that being said, we went through our, um, made a mascot. We had our mascot news. Um, we gave you guys our mascot of the month for December and our end of the year, um, mascot of the year, um, bracket. And now it's time for us to have our great interview with the many faces of, of Atlanta, Mr. Jeff. So, so we're going to start off nice and easy. I always start off with, with this question. All right. I always say, I always use the word like you got bit by the bug. So how did you get bit by the mascot bug? Was it something you always thought about? What, were you in theater? Were you just just right place, right time kind of thing? Yeah, um, I'm the shy, quiet kid. I wasn't great at sports, but I love sports. Um, I, I love football, I love baseball. I would go to all the games. Um, never really paid attention to the mascot. A couple of memories as a kid, you know, mascots come into certain events, but uh no, was totally not on my radar. Um, I ended up, my first job in sports was with the Atlanta Thrashers, the NHL team here in Atlanta. And uh, I was hired to put a hockey stick in your hand to get you excited about the game of hockey here in a non-traditional hockey market. And, uh, I became buddies with Thrash, who would come to all of our events um, to attract people to come play hockey with us. And it was, uh, it was really fun getting to see the magic that a costume does. Um, we came, became really good friends and uh, I ended up being like his sidekick or his man in black. If you're familiar with Thrash, he had the, the sidekicks, the security guards that walk around with him. I was up in the rafters and, and tap him on the shoulder. He would rappel down. So it was really that was my introduction to mascotting. Um, and then one day he said, look, I've got a gig. I need somebody to jump in my costume uh, or an a costume. It wasn't his costume, but um, I jumped in. I did it for some side cash at a, at a trade show. I was an inflatable uh, Coca-Cola bear and um, it was fun. I had a really good time. And I, again, saw the magic this time from inside of a costume and said, this is really fun. So from that point on, I just kept 
saying, yeah, I'll do it. And I would jump in random characters here in Atlanta when they needed somebody. Uh, it was fun. That's how I caught the bug. So I know we've been talk, um, talking. I've been trying to get you on for a while because your, your resume of characters is just like insane. And I know you're telling us um, you do stuff with um, the mascot production, Atlanta mascot production. So I know we'll love to get um, them to join us one night. Because um, both of you guys have had amazing careers in, in general. So we just went. Um, so right now in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, you're, in, you're in the hockey era. Does anyone have any questions for Jeff when it comes to the hockey period? Uh, I might. Um... So obviously the Thrashers were not a, you know, they weren't around for very long. Um, but as far as, you know, being a representative for hockey in Atlanta, how was it bringing that environment to the fans in Atlanta every single night? Like, how did, how did you like, you know, being in that hockey arena in Hotlanta? Great question. Thanks for asking. Um, hockey in Atlanta is great. Um, there's a big, long story. I know we're trying to keep it short, um, but hockey in Atlanta is very successful. It's the ownership that really ruined it. Um, the stadium, the way it's all set up, also kind of ruined um, hockey in Atlanta. Um, but when it was here, it was amazing. NHL hockey in Atlanta, every night, the crowd was just – you know how hockey fans are. They're passionate no matter what the team. Um, but Atlanta fans really embraced the Thrashers, and it was so fun. Uh, the different marketing campaigns, um, the entertainment. Um, I learned a lot from the entertainment aspect of things in sports, working those six years with the Atlanta Thrashers. Um, it's really fun. It's really fun. Um, the crowd loved it. Um, a lot of people didn't know. They're used to the fights. You know, it's the wrestling kind of, hey, I want to see this guy beat up this guy. But then they learned the sport. And as the fans really understood what was going on, the franchise itself was starting to win games. And it was just a better, better brand of hockey and until the end there. Um, it, was, it was fun to watch it grow over those six years that I was there. You know, yeah. he's not kidding when he says that hockey fans are passionate. New Jersey, I'm looking at you. Behave yourselves. Watch it. With Atlanta. And I know we're going to go all over the place, but the thing with Atlanta is no one's from here. I'm the only person that was born in Atlanta. Everybody else moved here from somewhere else. And so they, the teams, they embraced the Braves, the Falcons, the Hawks, Thrashers at the time. Um, but then when the Chicago Bulls come to town or the Chicago Cubs come to town or, you know, that guy from Chicago then switches from his Atlanta jersey to a Chicago jersey. And then you have to do that in all the sports and all the different teams. So, you know, even now the Falcons – it's usually 50-50 with Falcons fans versus the visiting team. But a lot of those people aren't traveling in from those other cities. They live here in Atlanta. So that made it fun, too, in Atlanta to learn that and to see what teams really had a big following. And it always made for just a fun time in Atlanta for hockey. You're going to say that, that's just like um, South Florida. Yeah. Everyone is, is Canadian or New Yorkers. So 
Yankees, um, Yankees go to um, play the Florida Marlins, the Miami Marlins. <laughs> it's all Yankee fans. So I definitely know it's like, and I'm going to say this a few times tonight. My favorite um, rivalry was Panthers and Trashers. Atlanta and Florida Panthers. That was one of my favorite rivalries because you knew you are going to have a fight between those oh, yeah. players. Like, they hated each other, but it was oh, fun to watch. Darcy Hordachuk just going nuts. <laughs> those were those divisional games were fun. I really miss hockey in Atlanta. We do have the uh, the Atlanta Gladiators, which is a ECHL team. They're up uh, a little further north of the downtown, um, and they are having a Thrashers night. I don't know if you guys know about yes. that. We're- yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we saw that. Um, one of our mentees, one of the guys that we were mentoring, just had his in-game tryout uh, last week. Nice. So we're hoping that um, um, he gets it because he's been working very hard. Um, he's a, he's an up and come up and comer performer, and he's gonna have a great future ahead of him. So, and this was his very first Spurts mascot tryouts. Awesome. So, well, if he gets the gig, make sure you introduce me to him so I can help him along the way here in Atlanta. So. You're definitely you well. Uh, earlier that you liked the entertainment that the Thrashers did, as well as what you were doing. Can you give us like an example that stands out as something that you really enjoyed during that experience? Sure, sure. Um, w- w- if you've worked in sports on the mascot side of things here, um, you know when your team isn't good, um, they rely on the entertainment to get the fans into the building. Um, and so the thrashers in their first years and those developmental years that I was there, um, they weren't good. And so they relied a lot on the penalty box skit. Um, I know we used to do those and I, I don't know if it was the first, because this was my first introduction to real NHL games other than seeing them on TV. But, um, you know, they were in game skits where they were pre-recorded. Um, and then the guy goes to the penalty box and he drinks a beer. Or he takes a bra out of his, uh, uniform <laughs> You know, he pulls a banana out or, you know, whatever it was. But some of that was just pioneering or what I felt was pioneering for sports, especially here in Atlanta. Um, you know, the, the mascot repelling or the stunts, um, that, was, that was pretty entertaining too. And just the entertainment breaks were really a big part of the game versus um, now it's so shoved in there with advertising mm-hmm. uh, or of your sponsors maybe it's the the times change from 2000 to now um and and revenues and stuff but at that point it was heavily um on the entertainment value and that just was a crash course in entertainment and sports for me yeah they're they try to put a lot in now and you gotta you gotta give the sponsors and tv timeouts and i know it's uh just you know my time in a suit it, it was fast and and you blink and and it was time time our time was over so maybe we'll eventually we'll start to shift back maybe so yeah hope hopefully we'll sh- shift back so i i i also noticed that you did some stuff in the nba like that's correct yeah, so at the time, the Thrashers merged with the um, Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks. We were owned by the AOL, Time Warner, Turner. There's a whole story behind all that. 
but yeah, we merged together. So when I wasn't at a Thrasher's game, I was at a Hawks game. Um, and then, uh, again, I was the fall guy, the joke guy, the fan that dressed up as the Miami heat fan. Um, or you know, I was the fan that Harry Hawk would steal his hat or, or pie or make fun of on the field. So I've been the, the, uh, the butt of the joke many, many a times. <laughs> and that's again, how it got me you know, knowing these guys and getting me in their costumes and, and helping them out. Said so they're owned by Ted Turner. The Atlanta sports was all owned by Ted Turner. It was the Thrashers, Charlie. the Braves. Yes. Charlie Hyde, Ted Turner's trying to come for more WCW entities. You better hide. He's yes. coming for you. <laughs> like, wait. Uh, I, I know this is the rest of talk, but why do you think they had Hogan and Bill Goldberg at the Georgia Dome? Brother. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> Wait, that, wait, that's like Tony Khan um, booking um, Daly's place for AEW. God, oh, no kidding. So, going to move. So, you know what? That's a good segue in, into the baseball um, time period. Uh, yes. So, what were some of your finest memories of of performing as Homer? Like as, of one of the first like mascots out there in baseball. Um, Homer was fun. Um, that's a character that I finally got to take ownership of. All the other characters I was filling in or helping out, um, Homer became my character, and I really um, gave him a personality. I put a lot of heart and soul into it, just like you probably you guys do with your characters. Um, but it was fun to drive the ship. Um, the memories, I could go on and on and on how fun it was, um, but I was very dedicated. It was 311 games. There was very rarely I let anyone else in my costume. Um, it was it was quite fun. Um, memories, I mean, I could go on and on. Um, Chipper Jones last at bat. Wow. Um, yes. That was awesome because, you know, to me, he's somebody I kind of grew up watching as a fan. And then I got to work alongside of him. Um, and of course, he was the untouchable one. He didn't do appearances unless it was one of the big sponsors or, you know, a big favor. So he was pretty untouchable at the time. But to, to work with him, to go through that retirement year was really fun. Um, and then if you remember, his last at bat was the infield fly game where all the beer cans and everything got thrown onto the field. Um, oh, my we were supposed to like win that game and we were coming back and the fans got really upset. So there I was on the large drum and just the infield fly gets called. The fans are mad. They start throwing beer cans and trash. It was pretty scary from a performer standpoint. So once I realized this is kind of a mob atmosphere, I need to get safe. I went straight down onto the tunnel and underneath, um, which then led me to the outfield gate where I got to watch, you know, those moments and see Chipper Jones final at bat. So that, that was pretty cool to go from uh, that roller coaster of a ride of a playoff game atmosphere, the fans just being all involved and then the fans getting really upset and then watching Chipper Jones final at bat wow. and then losing the game and losing out, you know, our playoff hopes, a very emotional night. Um, afraid with champagne when they clinched a pennant um, champagne through your mascot eyes is uh, it's, a sting that feels really good. Um, those were fun times. Winning was fun. Um, the fans 
meeting the fans. Um, I, I could just go on and on and on. So, and Irvin is a baseball guy on the podcast. So, I think you may have some some questions on on that aspect. Sure. Uh, how many? How many? Have you been to an All Star game? I did. So, um, I got to go to three All Star games. I was headed to Anaheim for my first one. Wow. Uh, cool memory. I actually caught a ball from. Um, Ortiz hit one and oh during the my God. big Wait, hoppy those balls, um, yep. Col- which is really awesome. That's um, my favorite. beautiful, nice. awesome. big poppy himself, David Ortiz. My it God, was- oh, that's that's my favorite guy right there. Yeah, and I have that. You know, that's something I'll always have in cherish, and it's it's that <laughs> I caught it. Um, it wasn't given to me. <laughs> I was you know, caught it as it fell into where about the we were pre staged for a skit, and he hit it right into where we are. <laughs> And me wow, and actually wow. kind of fought over it, and I ended up, you know, getting it. I wasn't going to let that go. <laughs> he didn't so this- tell you this, but he he hit it to you. He he told me that. He hit oh, it yeah. To- <laughs> <laughs> <Go away now. laughs> Wait, is this the time when he was with the Twins or with the Sox? Uh, I think he was still with the Sox at, at the time. I have to go back and look. Sox. Yeah, okay, yeah. That was I what, think- 2010? Uh, um, I then got to go to Kansas City and uh, Arizona. Nice. So those uh, were three, games, three all-star games. And then uh, I was headed to New York, and that's when my Braves time ended. Uh, all right. Which uh, mascots did you encounter with? Going to all-star games? Yeah, going to all-star games, yeah. Sure. Um, pull the curtain back. All the mascots get invited to the MLB All-Star Game. You know, you get a per diem. They 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 treat you to a flight, um, a hotel. You do all the events leading up to it, and then uh, you actually get to um, enjoy the home run derby, and then you also get to enjoy the All-Star Game with tickets. So um, you get to meet everybody, and it becomes a brotherhood. Um, I'm friends with some of these guys still, even though it's been several years. Um, some of the guys are still around. Some of the guys have retired. Um, there's a few female major league baseball, which is pretty interesting. Um, and these, these guys are lifers, you know, once you get a job like this in the, in the bigs, um, you typically don't let it go. So it's interesting, um, to meet all these guys and to see the Philly fanatic, you know, oh, and, and they, wheel oh. this and, you know, the other guys got their bags and, you know, and they're just guys. Um, but then the Philly fanatic, you know, rolls his case in it's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> I'm going to say, I know one performer for me, like as a special place to my heart was um, John DeSeco. Yeah. Who was Billy the Mall. And like yeah. we performed together multiple times and I, I loved him to death. Like he was such a great performer. I didn't like how the, how the team treated him at the end, but I'm not for another story, another time, but we did in the podcast for a yeah, next episode. Um, a good friend. Um, I've talked to him a few times. I haven't talked to him in a while, but I should probably reach out to him and say hello. But yeah, great guy. Great guy. And he did a lot with that character. Yes, he did. Any, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, were there any MLB mascots that you that you've encountered during your um during your time as Homer? Oh yeah. I mean, well, all the all-star games we got to mix together. Um, one of my favorite memories is the guy that was um Homer before me. 
um, is actually in Tampa and performs as uh, Raymond for the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, and wow. Interleague play was big, and the Braves played the Tampa Bay Rays. And so um, when you come down, um, and, and that's how I got the gig, is he left to take the Tampa gig, and it opened up a spot for me. I got the gig, and then I took over. Um, he called me up, said, come down, perform, and let's have some fun together. And so the Braves played the Marlins in an interleague game in Tampa. And uh, we did a lot of skits together. We did a lot of fun together. And like you guys said, everyone else was a Braves fan. They had watched the Braves on TV growing up or TBS before there was a Tampa team. And so a lot of Braves fans were there and they were just so surprised to see Homer and their, and, you know, in their stadium um, actually got hit by um, Freddie Freeman in a foul ball. As we were prepared for a skit, we were about to do a skit and um, we we're going to do a boxing skit where Raymond was going to beat up Homer Brave. We're hanging out one of the party decks about to go onto the, the field and he hits a foul ball and it bops me right on the top of the head. <laughs> and I thought somebody, you know, people used to walk up and pop Homer all the time. So I thought somebody just came up and popped him in the noggin. And, uh, and then I realized when people started kind of scattering for the ball that a ball had hit me. So I played along and had a really good time. And it made ESPN um, not ten, not top ten, not top ten. It went viral. Yeah. Which four things kind of went viral. It was a really fun moment. And then the next night, um, I put a band aid on Homer's head and ran around oh. this big, uh, you know, band aid. It was is really fun. It, it caused a lot of commotion. So another fun memory. So uh, on a personal standpoint, I'm also a Braves fan, and Freddie Freeman is was was one of the best players of the Braves since last year. Been, yes, I'm sure you know this. Last year, the Braves won the World Series and glad the Blue guys ring. And now he's playing for the Dodgers. So, so. So you went to an, uh, you went to a opposing teams stadium. Is that what you, okay. So I always get asked all the time, why do mascots not go? Why do mascots not travel? Was it a, and I, my kind of stock answer is, well, you're walking into enemy territory. Nobody wants you there. The high fives and the hugs are gone. So tell me about the, the experience of going to a opposing team's home turf. Aside from the fact that y'all had your skits and stuff, did the fans like, what are you doing oh, here? Yeah. A lot of confusion. What you know? What are you doing here? Even though the sideline reporter for the Braves came down after I got hit, and was you know, what are you doing here? Um, yeah, it, uh, but the the Rays fans were great. Again, a lot of them were Braves fans, so they were just excited to see something new in their building. Um, you know, Tampa's organization, <laughs> the stadium's not the greatest, but the fans. <laughs> <laughs> he made the joke for me. <laughs> oh, oh, Joseph, be careful. But uh, yeah, they were starving for the the you know something different, some entertainment, and uh, we provided it. So it's really fun. It, they actually embraced Homer a lot. There were a lot of Braves fans there. Hmm. Wow. Do you think if there wouldn't have been as much of a balance, <clears throat> would you recommend it if there wasn't as much of a balance there of Braves fans? Do you think? Or, um, or is it better that mascots stay in their home sir? Oh, yeah. You always want to stay home. Um, some of the other characters do, you know, mascot football, and you get to go to other state or other stadiums and things like that. Yeah. And for the mascot most part, nights, birthdays. Yeah. Yeah. 
and 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 for the most part, everybody's pretty cool. Even going, um, you know, to the All Star Games and and being in in enemy territory for sorts, um, pretty good. But you also have to watch the rivalries. You know, I I wouldn't go to New Orleans, um, <laughs> you know, with the Saints. Oh. That would probably be a bad idea. Um, you know, um, Homer and maybe the Mets probably wouldn't have been a great. You know, you probably don't want to send Homer to City Field. Yeah, definitely. I was actually, you know what? I would love to see Homer um, first, Mister Met. I was gonna mention the same thing. You would only see that because of a fight, Charlie. Admitted, you wouldn't. No fighting. No, you know what? They're they're long, they're long lost cousins. What what fight are you talking about? Nobody at City Field puts up a fight. (laughs) Hey, I was actually gonna. I feel like we stood on if Homer Warner and Connor Mr. Mad, what you should do was I don't know if you're familiar with the the classic mirror scene with 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 the uh, with the Marx brothers. That's what Homer and Mr. Mad should have done if they ever met. Get it? If he mm-hmm. met Mr. Matt. Oh uh, <laughs> with that back to I know. So we talked about the base um, baseball time, but also during that same time, you you you, you partnered uh, performing as a traveling act, I'll call yeah. it, which was the first circus. Yeah. And when I told uh, these guys about this, we all they were all like, "What is this? Like, what? Like it's very interesting because." I know back then, there's only really one traveling act everyone knew, and that was uh, San Diego Chicken. So, <laughs> so what would or can you tell us about the first circus and sure. all that fun? Sure, first circus is a great is awesome. Um, if you don't know first circus, um, it is a circus act gone wrong. Um, the Atlanta mascots, we're all friends. So instead of being competitive with each other and like other cities, the mascots are, um, we all worked the same events and we all got along pretty well. Um, and then we would all vent that our organizations wouldn't let us do this skit or they wouldn't let, they wouldn't approve this. They wouldn't approve that. And these were funny things that we wanted to do. And they just weren't, weren't letting us push the line here in Atlanta. Um, and we all decided, you know what, let's do that. So um, Rob, who was part, who was chopper for the Gwinnett Braves, he sat me down. We were working at an event one day and he and the great chicken had come through the organization and he sold a bunch of T-shirts, made a bunch of money. And Rob said, you know what, we can really we could do something like this. Why don't we put something together? And I said, you know, who you need to talk to is, you know, Freddie and Thrash and, and all these guys. So we all put together um an idea on paper and it was going to be an alien it was going to be a muppet it was going to be some kind of something and one day somebody put an email together and said let's get this first circus together and from there it took off and so what the first circus is is the professional mascots of atlanta we put our own characters together and we created a circus atmosphere um it's a seven foot blue bear a large elephant uh a monkey um, all mascot performers, and then a live action ringmaster. Um, his name is Rizzo. So you have Buddy Miles and Splash, and you have Rizzo, the ringmaster. So think of like the Three Stooges, 
I think of Alvin and the Chipmunks and always giving Dave a hard time. It's supposed to be the greatest show on turf. Um, and the characters, you know, comically tear up the show. The, you know, the ringmaster thinks it's the best thing in the world. And then the, the characters, you know, give the comic relief. Um, we created the show, uh, created the characters. Um, we took some of the best characters, what we liked out of this guy and that guy and this character and that character. And, and we built our own characters. Um, we had them made, um, professionally made, and we scripted out a show. And we sell that to baseball, basketball, and hockey all around the country. Um, we've been to, I think it's like 22 states, something like that. Um, several baseball trade shows um, all over the country. It's allowed us to travel in a minivan and see a lot of the minor league parts um, and, and have a really good time. Hockey, basketball, baseball, all over the country. It's been really fun. Is there, what social media do you have so that we can follow you? All of it, Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, all of it. And it's um, Fur Circus, F-U-R-C-I-R-C-U-S, Fur Circus. Awesome, I'm looking at some pictures now. The pandemic put a, a, a thing, you know, a squish on things. We haven't really performed a lot um, since the pandemic happened, uh, but we have picked up a few more dates and now we're about to, to ramp back up now that things seem to be open. A lot of hockey requests, a lot of baseball requests for the summer. So, so we're, we're about to ramp it right back up. Oh, wow. Did nice. the same company make all your suits or just several? Yeah. Yes. Are you allowed to say which company you used? Sure. Um, Scalin Productions out of South Carolina. Scalin. Okay. I'm all very right. familiar with them. Intimately same. familiar. <laughs> yeah. Same. Like, um, uh, Rick, a call up there at Scalin Productions. But yes, yeah, so we had... Um, yeah, we, we created the costumes and then we went to Rick and said, hey, will you do this for us? And he, he built them to our specifications. We made them very uh, user friendly. He did a great job working with us. And uh, and we've we've turned them into something really awesome. And it, it's really, really fun to go into um, minor league cities, Lexington, Kentucky or the Everblades. We've been down to the Everblades. You guys keep talking about Swampy down there. And the fans just love it, the entertainment that we bring. And, and that's what we do. We bring um, a promotional event, so something like a children's hospital, or we go on the local news to promote that we're going to be at the game. And then um, pregame, we take pictures with fans. In game, we have all the skits and, and fun. We're in the stands almost the entire game. And then post game, we take pictures with all the fans. And just the colors, the action, the skits we get to do, they really, really love it. And we just wanted to kind of put a you know, a poke back at our professional teams back home is look what we can do this. If you give us a little bit of creativity um, and a little bit of, you know, loosen the leash a little bit, we can have a lot of fun with, with the fans. Look at some of the pictures. It looks like a lot of fun. I love the yeah. monkey's pants. The monkey seems to lose his pants a lot. So when you're talking about uh, mis uh, costume misfunctions, Malfunctions. Malfunctions. We were performing. I was uh, Miles the monkey. I was performing in. Um, we were in Colorado at a uh, Colorado Eagles up in Colorado Springs, and uh, we do a skit where there's a music track and it's a dance skit, and then at the end of the skit, the monkey drops his pants, comes out of the spenders, the pants drop down. Speedo sometimes. Sometimes there's no speedo, but it, crowds loved it. Um, again, pushing the envelope a little bit. Oh yeah, there you go. There's Miles and his is, and then me as the ringmaster. That's uh, Pensacola Blue Wahoos. 
Um, we're doing the skit Colorado Springs. Lights are out. Spotlights on me. Um, again, it's the solo part of the dance and the music track just stops. They didn't download the whole thing. It's that moment that you, that dream you have where, you know, you're naked in class. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden Rob out of the corner, who's in the bear buddy, he screams out, drop your pants. <laughs> it echoed through the whole arena. And of course I do the punchline and drop my pants. The place went nuts. Uh, we salvaged the skit. <laughs> uh, that was, that was pretty fun. So that kind of answered my next question was y'all don't always play the same character. So you guys are kind of changing it up throughout. Yeah. And that's the way we did it. And, you know, there were six of us that created four characters. Um, we had, you know, ideas. We wanted to be able to switch around um, for the, in the beginning, I was splash a lot, the elephant um, and performed as the elephant. And then they moved me over to the monkey, which was miles. And then um, our ringmaster um, decided to, he, he was going to go after a different venture. And so we were stuck. You know, none of us were microphone guys. We were all um, mascot performers. And so we took turns. So Rob was the, the ringmaster for a while, then James, and then Jonathan would do it. Um, and then eventually it became my turn. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this microphone stuff. And uh, they said, no, you're going to do it. So I jumped in costume as the ringmaster and, uh, I've become Rizzo, um, and and now that's my preferred role, um, being on the microphone. And I feel like I'm I'm the better one of us that that does it. I think the guys would agree. And uh, that's become my role here in my later mascot life is I'm more on the microphone than I am in costume. So we have a lot of independent mascots <clears throat> that are part of our group, and a lot of us, I think, several of the hosts already have independent characters, but a lot of us dream of independent characters. Um, you've now been involved in creating four independent, five if you count the ringmaster. So um, we've all seen the like cheapy costumes that you can get off the internet. There's good versions of the internet costumes too. Time needed to have a professional costume made like yours an average cost. What would you say? Pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, those numbers and times are all over the place. Um, right now, you're probably looking at seven to ten thousand dollars for costume, oh, and yeah. you, custom costume. You're probably looking at at least twelve weeks. That would be my my post-pandemic guess. I would have thought longer timeline, but maybe so. Weeks, okay. The development. Oh, we talked about this project. I mean, we sat around table and, and over beers and, and beer napkins and pens and and emails back and forth. Um, it took a, a long time to develop them. We argued over names. I don't know for three or four weeks. So yeah, developing a character takes a very long time. Actually, you know, to have the drawing and to say this is what we want, and then to hand it over to Rick. I think he turned it around in like six seven weeks. Um, back then, but you know things are different now. So. Is it different now because there's such a, there's a waiting list or just lack of, there's a waiting list of people waiting to get costumes? I, I think so. You know, and everybody wants their mask, their costumes at baseball season. They all order them last minute and football yeah. season, 
Paul Atwater in last minute hockey season. And then there's always, I mean, these guys are really busy and there's only a handful of mascot builders out there, you know, that are entrusted. We use um, IMC here in Atlanta and we use Rick Scollin up there. Um, we've tried some of the other guys and other companies, but you know, those, those are the two that we, we mainly use here out of Atlanta and they're, they're booked up. Yeah. And the thing is like, like you said, there's, there are so many great, um, companies out there. There's each, each region has, has one. Right. Like we say, when we think of Calgary, you think of street characters. Mm-hmm. When you, think, when you think of like Utah, that area, think of Alinko. But soon you're going to be thinking of Rocky Mountain Production. Right. Um, John Apsey's um, new company. Yeah. So when, when you think of, like you, you just said, the South. Um, when, you, when you think of like Chicago area, you think of Chicago mascot, you think of amazing mascots. So. And they all he, have their, and they all have their weaknesses. Right. Um, you know, we use IMC for some things. We use, you know, Scallon for other things. Um, it just depends on what you're after and what you need. So we've talked about uh, Fur Circus and we can, we always say this because um, I want to know what it's like I'm performing at NFL games, just, just in general without giving too much away. No, I I work with the Atlanta Falcons program. Um, Again, I don't speak for the brand, um, but I do work with a program um, and working in the NFL game is amazing. I mean, you take a a hockey game, it's got uh, 16 to 18,000 people in it. You take a baseball game that's got 28 to 40,000 people in it. And then you take an NFL football game that's got 70 to 75,000 fans in it. You know, it's much bigger stage. And then, you know, there's 40 some odd hockey games. There's 40 some odd um, basketball games. There's, you know, what is it, 80 some odd baseball games. But, you know, there's only 17 weeks of NFL and, and only half of those are at home. So you, you limit it to, to 10 dates a night. It's, it's pretty fun. You know, it's, it's a bigger event. And say. I know um, they, they had the Georgia Dome, and now they have the be- beautiful Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Do you have any good memories of the Georgia Dome? Oh, yeah. I mean, the Georgia Dome is where it started um, as a fan, um, and then just getting to work for the team. How awesome was that? Um, I mean, we, we won the NFC Championship. We won our uh, playoff game to go into the NFC championship and both games I'm standing underneath the field goal post as the balls going through or missing, you know, that field goal, those points, those are amazing memories. That last game in the Georgia Dome sent us to the Super Bowl and dancing and confetti. Oh, those are memories I'll always have. Missing the field goal. Wow. I mean, I, never, I, I hadn't seen a bigger disappointment in the Georgia Dome since Hulk Hogan laid down to do a finger poke. <laughs> The rest, and the sad, and the sad thing, and the sad thing we'll never forget: the uh, Falcons had to encounter Tom Brady during, had to encounter Tom Brady during that time. I'm sorry, I had to bring that up. Anybody yeah. in Atlanta will will have a drink for you afterwards. No worries. <laughs> That's wait, okay. Wait, 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 here's wait, wait. There's a drink, water. 
Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. the The Braves have have their ring. They're good. Even even though Doc Brown just showed up in my living room and he said, "We need to bring Chipper Jones out of retirement." <laughs> Chipper actually lives about four miles away from me, which is really awesome. Um, I haven't run into him, um, but. Back to the Georgia Dome, those were great times. The Mercedes-Benz Stadium's amazing. The things we're doing with the with the Freddie Falcon program are amazing. Um, but it's in the NFL, it's not about the game as much as what you're doing outside of the stadium. And there's so much that we do with the character that just doesn't get seen on social media or you know in in the mainstream. It's hospital visits, it's school shows, it's veteran visits, it's Mother's Day visits. Um, there's a lot going on with the Atlanta Falcons too, and it keeps me really, really busy. But yeah, lots of memories from the Georgia Dome. Lots of memories um, we're creating now at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. If you had to only, if you had to pick one sport of all the ones that you've worked in to work the rest of your life, would you be able to pick one? Do you have a favorite, or are you there's that's pros not, and cons of all of them? That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I love them all for what they are if that makes sense you know baseball basketball hockey they're all different um i love the game of hockey but i'm so far away from it now here in atlanta um wow that's a tough question um baseball was great it was a great ride um the braves fans are just some of the most dedicated um great fans and i I made a lot of great friends um working with the braves um I mean, the Falcons right now was, was where my heart is, and I really believe in the organization and what they're doing. And then the program, we've grown it from cardboard signs and markers and, and, and duct tape to an amazing, amazing program. So, wow, that's a tough question. Um, I get back in that DeLorean, I, I would go back to the Thrasher days um, and recreate those, relive those. But if I had to choose... One to do for the rest of my days. Um, I think I'm in a good spot with the Falcons. I really, I really love the organization and what we're doing with the program. And I like, I do want to go back real quick because I was thinking, um, because you performed in Turner Field, you didn't have the opportunity to do um, the, the, the new, the new stadium. Yeah, it was 2008 to 2013, so I missed out on the new stadium. Because I know one thing I remember from when, I, when I went to the Braves game in 2000 at Turner Field was we were um, up a deck behind home plate, first baseline, and you could see the Olympic Church. Yeah. Um, like in the skyline. I was like, that is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Yeah, a lot of people stadium. don't. Um, the Braves came to Atlanta in 1966 and they played in Fulton County Stadium, which is the typical donut stadium that was built back in the 60s. Um, a lot of teams were playing in those um, Cincinnati Reds. I think Phillies played in the donut type stadium for a while. Um, and then we got the 1996 Olympics here in Atlanta. Um, they made the Olympic Stadium where the track and field events were held right next door to the Fulton County Stadium. And then once the Olympics were over, they tore down half the stadium and renovated it into Turner Field, which became the race stadium for, was that 19 years, 20 years? I think it was like almost 20 year mark, I think. And then they, uh, and then uh, right toward my, the end of my time, they announced that they were moving outside of the city, um, just to the north of the city to what's now called Truist Park. Beautiful stadium. 
it's not Turner Field. I have a lot of memories at Turner Field and, and really love that stadium. But uh, Truist Park is it's pretty nice. It's no Truist City. Park. I talked about it when we ranked uh, the MLB stadiums on one of our episodes of the podcast. And I ranked Truist Stadium pretty high on that list because I just love the skyline and the architecture and everything. I mean, I'll say it's definitely not the trop. In fact, I heard that the ratings and the attendance at Trop at the Trop is so low, NBC is going to pick it up as a series. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you guys and the jokes. You know what? That, that, that's the thing that um, Joseph is known for. Um, um, Joe, um, Joe, uh, it's all fun, fun, fun and games. Um, he lo- he loves everyone. He loves every city. Yes, I do. So, except Houston. Says the guys from Dallas. <laughs> I was about to say, except for one. In the mascot world, is you become friends with people all over the city, all over the state, all over the country, all over the world, and uh, and then you know you, you meet somebody that was the Chicago mascot, and then he becomes the. Pittsburgh mascot or vice versa. And so you're not even only rooting for the team when, you know, the Astros go to the world series, you you root against the Yankees and you root against the Dodgers because they don't have mascots and you root for your friends, you know, Mm -hmm. you root because you want one more ring. You root for Tampa because you want that performer to have a ring. Oh Um, my God. Like, you know, you know how bad I want him to get a ring. Like, like I'm in that area now because I moved up up to here from South Florida, okay. and we and we finally met, and I was like, I wanted to meet you for so long, and he is so nice. Yeah, I've but, known out the performer, but I've known that performer. He's from Atlanta, um, grew up here. He was a Six Flags character. He actually became he was friends with um, Harry Hawk. So the guy that was Harry Hawk was Thrash for a little while. The first version of Thrash um, decided to get married and move away. Um, and then they tried out some guys and, and he came from Six, Six Flags character. So they tried him out. He became Thrash for a little while. We went through the NHL lockout and then he became Harry Hawk. And he's friends with that gentleman. That gentleman became Homer Brave. And then that gentleman took the full-time job down in Tampa to become uh, Raymond. And he's been there for, I don't know, What's that? 14, 15, 16? I, 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 I think 16. He's been down there a while. Also uh, pretty popular on the internet uh, with another character that he does. And he's actually part of the first circus. Um, we actually created another um, character based on what he's virally known for, you know, the dancing uh, skits. Um, mm-hmm. And him as part of our first circus kind of package for a little while. Um, and, and he's he's made a name for himself. He's he's a really great performer, really great guy. Good. You know us. what? I want to talk about the Atlanta Hawks for just a quick second because Harry the Hawk has one of my favorite memories in all of mascotting. He is one of the best skits I've ever seen for a mascot period, and that is the evolution of dance. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You want to talk about that segment for just a few minutes? Do oh, you remember that one, or were you a part of that um, era when he did that? Um, I know that performer again. He's part of the first circus, or was for a while. Um, he is an amazing dancer, and that is his thing. So, 
um, advice for any mascot performers that are up and coming guys, I guess, since that's part of the audience here, um, find your niche and just be good at it. And that's what Harry the Hawk does. He's a great dance um, guy. And he's a great skit guy. And those NBA guys, most of them are stunt related, but Harry has this, he can dance um, and he mm-hmm. does it well. And so when you have 40 some odd home games, you've got to come up with something new every night. Very impressive what he does with the program. And uh, one of those skits is the evolution of dance, which uh, I think he started in the 60s and then goes into the 70s and then the 80s and the 90s. And they do a really, really good job. One of the other good skits he did was the uh, Michael Jackson thriller. It was a whole from the thrashers that also worked, you know, when they weren't working hockey, they were working NBA. Um, and so they put together a really great thriller video, live uh, video to live skit. Very, Indeed. very, very good on, on Harry. And, you know, Harry, another skit of his, he was one of the only mascots to stand up to Robin Lopez. Then yeah. again, he, he should stand up to his daddy, LeBron James. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Uh, oh, oh. But the thing is, I think I end up doing the evolution of dance as well. Anybody can do it. And you just put, yeah, you know, like we, we talk about stealing each other's skits and, and doing it. But if you take somebody's skit and you put your own spin on it, I don't see a problem with that. And if you did it and you didn't copy them exactly, but you did it with your character in your own way and put your own spin on it, you know, that's how things get funnier and better and more entertaining. And they push each other, push each other in the market to, to do different skits and different things. Because I know that was, I, I know that was a big, um, five, um, before things went viral, there was a, a, a I think a comedian or someone, a talent shows, a, a guy doing the evolution of dance. Yeah. And it just got so popular. I was like, you know what? This is hilarious. I want to do this. Yeah. And that's what happens. You get sparked by an idea or something. That, you know, um, everybody did uh, single ladies, Beyonce, you know, Hooper did it great with his, his skit, but mm-hmm. we, you know, and, but we did it because it was viral or it was going on, you know, at the moment. And, and that's the big thing about being a mascot performer, especially when you have 40 some odd games or 80 some odd games and you have to do a skit every night. Um, you, you've got to do what's kind of happening or, or the trend. You know, I know with Freddie Falcon, we dressed up as Miley Cyrus with the twerking and, and you know, the, the teddy bears in the back from the MTV Music Awards. Um, when the when the um, the bubble boy went flying through the sky and it was the big viral moment. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that, but the kid got caught in the balloon and it went flying free. I think that was all like Texas or something. Um, you know, we picked up on that and you, and you just make fun of what's going on in the world and put a comical spin on it. Who's your favorite player from the Atlanta Hawks? Do you have a favorite player? Is it Dominique Wilkins? Is it Trey Young? Do you have a favorite? Of all time? Yeah. Yeah. Dominique, um, Dominique Wilkins was my Michael Jordan, um, basketball in the nineties as a team was huge. Um, you know, that was the Michael Jordan, Dominique slam dunk contest. I think, uh, Dominique got robbed. <laughs> um, yeah, he was my guy, you know, like that's who we looked up to in my era, um, watching NBA basketball. And then to then later on work 
in the same organization and ride in the elevator with them. Um, and then one of the funny, one of a great story is um, I got cut from my middle school basketball team. I was left-handed. I didn't shoot very well. Um, I was undersized. You know, the kids were dunking in middle school. I was not good, <laughs> um, but I loved basketball in the nineties. And then to fast forward to working with the thrashers. And then we, when we merged with the Hawks, it was the same company. So I would run hockey clinics. I would teach you know, kids how to play from every level. Um, I coached coaches how to coach. I, I had a really fun time with the Thrashers. Um, but when we merged together, we also did a lot of events together. And so at one point, I was running camps and clinics for the Thrashers. Um, I also ended up helping out with camps and clinics for the Hawks. And so at one point in my career, I got to run drills with Dominique Wilkins, who was a childhood hero of mine. So I'm passing the ball to Dominique, who's passing it to a kid who's, you know, shooting a layup. Amazing that, you know, what a, what a kid from college park, Georgia got to do. The you know life. what people were saying, Dominique Wilkins was the Michael Jordan of his era. People were saying he was Jordan before Jordan. He was Jordan before Jordan. You know, you had, uh, you had magic Johnson or Dr. J and Larry, um, and, and those guys, but Dominique held his own and he really was, uh, the highlight factory. He's you know great, who my favorite Atlanta uh, player is? My favorite Atlanta player was one who changed the franchise forever. I am, of course, talking about Kyle Korver. And the, he was the Steph Curry in Atlanta shooting from the three-point line. A player great. so exciting, he makes you stand up and say, yeah, I guess whatever. <laughs> uh, Trey Young's doing a really good job. He, he's really sparked uh, the franchise, and they're building around him. We'll see what, what happens with the Hawks. Yeah, Trey Young's my favorite. <laughs> it's, it's Trey Young. So, and and uh, Harry Hawk does a really good job here in Atlanta, especially with his dance skits to kind of circle back. I'm my kind of a standard question that I like to ask all the guests that come on our show, because um, I'm always interested in what people might be doing for body longevity in this business you know you hear about a lot of injuries and and stuff and and I know and we know all of us from being in a suit how hard it can be on your body um you've been doing this quite a while if you had any tips for body longevity fitness that kind of thing uh for mascots what would you what would you say the key to staying in this business uh and staying healthy is. Wow, good question. Um, wow, I'm probably not the best person to ask that, even though I do have some longevity. Um, hmm. Find a routine and stick with it. And then, um, wow, you know, those NBA guys, they do all the stunts, they climb these ladders, they jump through fire. I, I was never that kind of performer. I was just really the fun meet and greet kind of guy. Um, within the Falcons, you know, Freddie gets to beat me up or shoot me with a t-shirt gun or, or things like that. Um, we did a wrestling skit where he jumped off the ladder and, and, and broke a table. Um, and of course I was laying on the table. Um, try to maybe stay away from those skits. <laughs> um, 
find a routine, find a good fitness routine. Make sure you do take care of your body. Um, water, water and water. Stay away from the um, Red Bulls and the sugary Gatorades. You know, I wish somebody would have told me when I was running around Turner Field, um, you, you, you can only drink so much water before you need something with flavor in it. And so I went out and bought vitamin water thinking it was vitamin and water. I was drinking that stuff like crazy, you know, baseball, hundred degree weather. I worked the hottest game in Braves history. I think it was one sixteen on the field. Um, and I lasted longer than Strasburg. Um, but I was drinking, um, vitamin water and I just didn't realize that how much sugar was in those drinks. So, um, um, watch what you're taking in, um, and just drink a lot of water. Just watch the sugary stuff. Um, maybe not do so many daring things and then find a good fitness routine, you know, hit the gym. I know it's physically grueling, but if you get a good workout program, um, I think you can, you can help. I, I know that's what's helping a lot of the um, guys I work with now that are getting up there in age. Okay. Well, um, Charlie, do you think I could ask my signature question? Oh, <laughs> I think we uh, at that mark that we can ask that question. Okay. So I asked this to every single person coming on all joking aside. Um, if you had to give one message to your family, your friends, your fans, all of the people that have helped get you to where you are, everyone you worked for, you know, the, all the coworkers at the Thrashers, the Hawks, the Falcons, <clears throat> and all the other teams that you've worked for, um, you know, the ones you traveled up and down the road with, all the other mascots that you have interacted with throughout your career, and just really anyone that has contributed to your career. If you had to give one message, what would you say? Oh, I mean, it's thank you. Um, that, And I've done that. I've gone back to as many people as I can, you know, with Facebook and, and social media. You know, you see, you see where your roots are. But I've gone all the way back to um, developmental days when I was trying to – I was going to be an architect. I was going to be a construction manager. And then I ended up working in sports because I fell in love with the game of hockey. I went to a minor league hockey game. We had the Atlanta Knights that used to play in the Omni. Um, and I met a guy, um, Joe Louie, who um, worked for the circus, the, um, the Ringling Brothers Circus, whose offices were out of the Omni. He then became the entertainment director for the Atlanta Knights. And he taught me that you could do sports and marketing. Um, and that's really what I do. I do sports marketing. Um, not only in character, but outside of character. And it's all about entertainment. And it all goes back to Joe Louie and a conversation I had as like a college intern or trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and just sitting down and interviewing him. Um, you go back and you say thank you for taking a chance on a kid from College Park, Georgia, that has got to travel, you know, from Germany or not Germany, where did I go? London. Uh, overseas for NFL game to all-star games to Super Bowls to supermarkets um just I haven't taken it for granted and I really appreciate everyone just taking a chance on me and giving me the opportunity and I hope I made them proud 
Indeed. And I definitely want to you know, say one thing. I definitely think with all the joking aside, uh, one thing that can bring us all together. We hate Tom Brady. <laughs> Ouch. Good joke. No matter guy. what team, no matter what team he's from, no one likes Tom Brady. Tom Tom Brady's a fraud. He really is a fraud. Uh, no comment. I have to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, by many people. Um, uh, I say, in Houston, um, I was one of the uh, few that got to go on the field as an employee. Um, for the Falcons, I was right behind Freddie, you know, uh, 10, 12 feet away from Freddie at the Super Bowl. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life, even though the results weren't the greatest um, for us. The whole until the final um, buzzer, it was an amazing, amazing ride. And I would do it all over again. I hate the, uh, you know, the comments that we've dealt with for how many years now, but uh, it was still such an amazing ride and that we had a great. You know, he will be a Hall of Famer and, and maybe the greatest. He's the Wayne Gretzky of, of football right now. Um, but we had him against the ropes. So when somebody does chant that, uh, that also popular phrase, um, to me, it's a moment of pride because we had him. we had him up against the ropes. And that game was won or lost by just a fraction of, you know, an inch. If that ball would have not been called caught or if that flag wasn't thrown or the coin would have been heads instead of tails, um, it would have been a total different outcome that this city truly, truly deserves. I agree. And, you know, I, you know, the Falcons, I I do think are a team of the future putting together quite, quite the core. Um, You know, uh, even though he's suspended right now, Calvin, oh wait, no, they traded away Calvin Ridley. I'm sorry. Uh, Damn. Uh, 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 Kyle Pitts. Yes. Kyle Pitts the pride of Florida. Um, and, um, you know, who's that guy has been running uh, Cordell Patterson. Yeah. I love Cordell Patterson. One of my favorite guys to watch right now. Um, and th- they just have a lot of young guys on their roster that I think could eventually develop into a hell of a team. Uh, just gotta find a quarterback, you know, <laughs> you guys are all Braves fans. Obviously I'm a Braves fan, you know, having worked there for, five seasons and then growing up here in Atlanta. Um, I, when I left the Braves, I had a lot of animosity toward them. I didn't like what they were doing. And then we, we got rid of a whole lot of people and then we got a new GM and our GM, uh, Alex AA is what we call him double A here in Atlanta. Um, he basically dismantled the team and he traded away um, Angleton Simmons and Craig Kimball and all these are Craig yeah all these great players and you're like what are you doing this new guy comes in and just tears our team away and then he started rebuilding it and i think that's what our gm is doing here in atlanta with the falcons um he got rid of some big contracts and some big names you know the matt ryan trade was huge here in atlanta um but he's also picked up some really gritty young players and he's put together some pretty amazing pieces and we're getting them at a good price. So if you're a big sports fan here in Atlanta, I think he's rebuilding like the Braves did. And it's, 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 he's building a really great team. And I think we're headed to the future uh, with the organization. Indeed. And, you know, um, I, you know, with Matt Ryan, I, I kind of think it was time, you know, it, 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 it kind of was time. I mean, it's your problem now, Indy. And, you know, you saw how he played last night against the Stellars. So, you know, <laughs> Marcus Mariota's not too bad, is he? I mean, you know, 
he, he's he's had his uh, really good games. Again, I have to watch what I say, but yeah, he's had his really good games, and he and he's added a mobile game. But then again, we've added to our offensive line. So, um, you know, I, I again, I'll just go back to the the statement I made. I think the GM's putting some pieces together, and it's very similar to what the Braves have done um, to get them to the to get a championship. So, I think it's going to happen here in Atlanta. I agree. I agree. So. If I'm correct, you said you did arena football. Uh, yeah. So Atlanta mascot productions is a company, um, here in Atlanta and I work with the owner. Uh, we've been friends for, I don't know, 20 years or so. Um, and he has several corporate characters. He has about 20 different characters here in Atlanta and across the country. Um, so when I'm not in a sports costume or emceeing a sports show, I'm also jumping in one of these corporate characters. So anywhere from a hospital character to um, a tire company to, uh, you know, a, a grocery store character, just a lot of characters here in Atlanta. Um, we have a really good time. And now I forgot your original question. <laughs> uh, arena football. Um, yeah. So one of the characters that we've done um, through that company um, or is about 20 different characters. So um, we did the WNBA, which is a star for the Atlanta dream here in Atlanta. Um, I did a big chunk of those games here in Atlanta. They've since uh, killed off the character or retired the character. Oops. Um, and oh, no. maybe they're going to launch a new one here soon. Um, there's rumor of that. Um, but another character was blue. So the Atlanta Falcons uh, owners, Arthur Blank, he also owned the Georgia force. So did arena football with the character was blue. And again, we were, um, um, Jeremy was a big part of developing the character, having the character built and then performing as blue. And I got to help a lot with that program and then back him up as blue. So yeah, I've, I've touched every sports surface here in Georgia um, from again, hockey, college, NHL, NBA, NFL, major league baseball, um, NASCAR, uh, we got to do Ninja Turtles uh, for the NASCAR races here in Atlanta and up in Chicagoland. Um, it's been a really fun ride. It really is. And then I get to do it again tomorrow. That's one of the things I say. We're done with our event. We've been working all day. And, and I stop and I say, uh, you know, guess what? And uh, whoever's in the band with us, you know, well, let's, we get to do this again tomorrow. Um, it's pretty awesome what you know, this ride that I've been on and, and I appreciate everyone again, that, that took a chance on me. What a career. What a career. Wow. And, and it's not over yet. <laughs> That's Indeed. the point. You know, we're, we're building, it keeps going. we're building programs you know, in sports. We're also building programs in you know, in the private sector, um, we're helping hospitals, we're helping, um, car washes, we're helping just whoever needs a costume, um, to, to do it. And that's the thing is we've helped, we've helped develop our own characters. We've helped, um, reinvent characters. Um, we've come up with skits, we've come up with programs and we're doing some really amazing things. And it's, it's awesome that I get to go on this ride and it's not over yet. I, I still got a lot of time ahead of me. I hope. <laughs> Excuse me. And we want to thank you for all your service, everything you've done. Because Absolutely. um we 
we're all about inspiring the next generation. So many respects to the um to the past, the presence. Um I know that would be the use of saying then, now, forever. It's almost the same thing in the mascot community. Because yeah. um we are a we are a family. Yeah. We all may not meet in person, <laughs> but we all have the same love of entertaining. So well said. Well said. Thank, thank you. We're so, all friends. We all share the same stories. We all have the same perspective on life. Um, and we're all different too. And those differences um, make us grow and we can learn a lot from each other. So thank you for saying that. That's really, that's really kind. So with that being said, I know I'm not like woo a lot right now. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for joining us on behalf of myself, Matt, Marty, Irvin, Joseph, Lucas, Crystal. Um, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate every single one of you listeners, everyone on Trich. Hey, Terry, we see you still there, what you're still watching. So <laughs> we have a lot about ugh, a lot planned coming up. Make sure you guys are following us on all social medias, TikTok, Twitch, Twitter. Yes, we still have a Twitter account. Instagram, YouTube. All podcast medias, um, the OIW Podcast Network, and we just heard some interesting news last night. We may be coming to a one of us may be coming to a city near you Uh-oh. for an upcoming convention. Oh boy! Ooh. So maybe the mascot support group live. So, don't know. But thank you guys so much for joining us. Until next time, have a wonderful evening. And we see you again real soon. Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun.